From the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe, you're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. Welcome to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strasser. This is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete chaos. Amazing episode again today as we inch so ever close to our season two finale and our milestone episode number 100. What a long road it's been and I cannot wait to get there. First, though, remember, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can join the channel for only $3 a month. Yep, that's right. Just $3 a month on YouTube. You can join. You can become a baby shark. But if giving money through big tech is not your thing, we got you covered. Head on over to DeadHouseCoffee.com. Use code SHARK at 20% off of your order and all the proceeds help support this channel, making it as good, as big, and as kick-butt as we possibly can. So let's go back talking about today's interview. Well, we'll be talking about somebody who is an expert in generating new business for his clients, but we're going to be chatting with him with something a little bit more granular, I think a pretty important business topic right now. And today's guest is going to discuss the importance of integrity, transparency, and trust in any business or business function. And this is critical, especially right now during a global pandemic. Think about it. Trust is the basis of any relationship. Are your suppliers being truthful with you? Look at all the supply chain issues there are right now. I just went to get chlorine for a small pool, and it's like 80 bucks for a small little tub of it. It is crazy. And we'll be chatting about all this stuff and some digital transformation questions like the digital future of client acquisition. So who is today's guest? So glad you asked. George Copeland. George Copeland is the CEO of Laborum Edge. George is an expert in generating clients for authorities and contractors through his proven marketing system. His business is based on integrity, transparency, and trust. He was able to develop his agency by creating a system for a very specific niche. He learned everything there is about his market he got to know his clients, and he invested his heart and soul in his business. George has been featured in Yahoo Finance, Digital Journal, Thrive Global, and Medium. So, hey, without further delay, let's bring George on in here. Business Strategy. George, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait. What? I'm so yeah. honored to be here. This is so cool. I, oh. I it took months to get on your show, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. So thank you. Oh, you're lucky you booked when you did. I mean, honestly, I am getting requests, and they're really good people. And it's like, uh, you guys just got to hold. I don't know what 
to do with anybody at this point because I'm totally booked for 2021. And it's like, do I start booking for 2022? Did I expand the three shows? I have no idea. It's crazy. It's just been uh, overly successful. I've been in blessed in those regards, but it's been a lot of hard work, dedication, making sure that uh, you know we don't miss an episode no matter what happens every Monday, every Thursday, 6 a.m. Eastern time, the episodes come out, and it's just something people can look forward to every week. Absolutely. Very exciting. So anyway, (laughs) yeah, so very, very first question. You know, we ask everybody the same question. doesn't matter who you are, even if we know who you are. I'm still going to ask you because I want to hear what you've got to say. What's your experience? What's your background? What do you do for a living? Basically, tell us what makes George, George. Great question. It's a, it's a mouthful. I'll condense it. Right. But uh, I'm very passionate. I'm fueled by, um, I'm, I'm driven by my OCD that I try to push back and I've learned over many years now. I, uh, this is my second business. I started this one in 2014. So it's been about seven years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, we haven't grown as far as sales goes, as far as revenue goes, the way that I wanted to, my, my 30th birthday is uh, in June. And I thought okay. I set a target and I'm not going to meet that as far as revenue goes, but I, I am very uh, fulfilled. But did you with, get close? Uh, uh, maybe a 10th of where I thought I would be by 30. Uh, okay. Um, but I do think that what I have built, um, so I built a very strong foundation to build upon in the past two years. I focused on sales and mm-hmm. it's been a very long and uh, you really don't know what you don't know in life. Right. And, oh, yeah. and so it's always easier when, when you set out on the journey or at least perceived to be easy. And then you realize how difficult this stuff is. And, and I, I'm speaking in a lot of generalities. Um, I started way back in the beginning of my life, uh, or beginning of my career, I guess you'd say, I, mm-hmm. I lived in Israel for a year. I then came and uh, went to college back in my hometown at VCU. And then I had a close friend who got a record deal. He asked me to be his manager. So I put all my effort. I'm the type that when I'm passionate about something, I go all in. So my yeah. grades began to drop. I then dropped out saying, oh, I'll just take a quick break. And then that resulted in me throwing a giant show for him and some other artists at the lo- at a local venue, making the owner about 30K in a night. He then invited me to help him do promotions uh, for his venue. And the artists went their own way, thinking they were, um, I can't cuss, right? <laughs> but, but We try to keep it family friendly. Right. So they thought they were great and they could do it on their own. But I then proceeded down the, the venue route and I got a camera, hired photographers. We helped them uh, get their events right. And then from there, I ended up getting a corporate job at radio, in radio, and as yeah. a promotions director for two uh, of the largest radio stations here locally major learning curve there taught me a lot about corporate world and marketing and smoke and mirrors honestly radio does a great job of that 
Um, and oh yeah, they do. Yep. And I was actually hired by an executive um, of the of the company of Clear Channel, who happened to be in town when Elvis Duran came to visit. And so, wow. no idea who I was speaking to at the time, but the local DJ. Isn't, hold on, hold on, hold on. Isn't that always fun when you're speaking to somebody and you have no idea who they are, but they're actually like somebody or one of the people that you should be talking to and you're just like oh my god think you know it, it can go one of two ways it's either you <laughs> said exactly the right things and you hit a home run or you said completely the wrong things like uh, if i knew that was him i would have never have said that which experience did you have so i well, I'll say this. I gave him my business card that night. And six months later, he ended up calling me saying, I'm offering you a job. So I oh, there you go. something right. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, it, no, it, it, I am the type that I overthink things. And kind of like on this show, I'm a little nervous, to be fair. And yeah. so... I'm nervous, like, too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, it's like that with public speaking for me, regardless. But when you get me in the in an environment like there, I was very comfortable, and mm -hmm. uh, my my passions came out clearly, and um, I didn't overthink the scenario. Um, it, it definitely worked out in my favor for sure. And so I was very grateful that I had no idea who he was, and that led. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I just want to comment in there real quick, you know, like you say about the public speaking and let me, let me tell you this because, you know, just as much as we're trying to help our listeners out there, the people that watch or, or listen to this podcast, you know, grow. And this show is also about the guest that comes onto the show, trying to help them grow and see things in a different light, as well as myself, too. I've learned so much. That's why I started this show, so that during the pandemic, I could still network, meet some awesome people and grow and learn. And one of my biggest things is I really, really hated public speaking. I, you know, not comfortable with it at all. And basically, you know, I, I, you should see the first couple episodes compared to now. I had to learn a lot. I had to grow a lot. I had to be comfortable, learn how to be comfortable. It was a struggle. But once you kind of get it and you force yourself to do it, it becomes so much easier. Right. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I was definitely a train wreck uh, five years ago when I, I did BNI. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of it, business networking. Uh, yeah, 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 BNI. Yep. Yep. Oh my gosh, I, I I would purposely sit at the front of, or we would always go clockwise, right? So I'd purposely sit in, sit in the seat that I knew I'd go first in because if I didn't, every single time, every sixty second that someone would stand up, my heartbeat would get faster and faster. To the point that oh. I'm like shaking that, you know, I would stand up and speak. So anyways, um, so that I'm the said, opposite. I always like to go last. I always hated to be first. But over time, I think I've learned that it's usually better to go first because then you're setting the tone. Mm. Whatever you say 
And however you say it, especially if it's like a work meeting or something like that, like say with Vision 33, that's my day job for ERP. And say we're having a management meeting with all the other general managers for the other regions and marketing, okay? And they'll be like, hey, we want feedback. Who wants to go first? Well, guess what? I am going to go first because I've got a huge list of complaints and I want to set the tone because what I say then is going to rub off on every single person behind me that they're going to back it up and it's going to make sure all those points are hit. So, you know, I, I think it's uh, one of those things that, you know, you, you just kind of have to know your audience and know your goals in order to determine when is best for you to go. Now, sometimes it's it's best to go last because you right. want to leave that lasting impression that sticks in everybody's mind, too. Right. So, you know, it's a mixed bag of nuts. It all depends what you're trying to achieve. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. When it comes to team meetings, I, I prefer to go last because I want everyone to be able to put their input in first. And then I want to come in and, you know, just give my final thoughts if I have any, but yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I did the radio station for a little while. Uh, he ended up hiring me. He, he literally said, I'm hiring you because you're green. You've never been in this industry and you're going to shake things up. And I like the way you think. And I said, great, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, <laughs> But I was placed under my direct report, um, had the title of marketing director, but he didn't have a marketing budget. It was zero dollars. And really, yeah. yeah. And so his main job was to just, uh, you know, look over my shoulder at all times and make sure that I was getting the checking the boxes off. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so anyways, it didn't end up working out, but I'm very grateful for what I learned from that. It taught me a lot about sales and, uh, you know, just how a corporate marketing machine runs. And so then I ended up meeting one of the street. Sounds like members. you learned what you don't like yeah, or what so, you didn't want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, thought- that's important. That, that is very important though too i mean having those experience to learn what you aren't a fan of or you know experiences of you know like hey on paper this corporate thing radio dj whatever it is you know it sounds Mm -hmm. cool but once you actually get there it's kind of like no that's not me i mean that forms who you are today just as much as if you went there and you loved the job and you learned a lot when you were there. All right. Yeah, I appreciate that. I've, I've done a lot of that in life so far. There are a few little jobs between um, the, the events and that job that also taught me a lot, like used car sales, tried that for a few months, mm-hmm. did not do it. The owner literally put his arm around me and said, listen, I know that you uh, feel like you're not doing these guys right with the sale, but you have to believe it or you're not going to close the deal. And I'm <laughs> like, how can I do that? It's not, it's, if I, I can only sell what I believe in. Actually, uh, I don't know if you, I'm sure you knew of Circuit City, but I was, <laughs> it was a high school job. I was literally number one in sales for selling laptops that they actually lost money on unless they sold the insurance, which I didn't believe in. So I was being yeah. reprimanded. Because they're like, you're killing it on the sales, but why can't you close insurance? And I'm like, I don't believe in so, it. So I had a I had a stint where I sold cars for a little bit out of necessity. It lasted six weeks, but 
I was their number one sales rep for those six weeks just because I did lap dances around them. Most of those people really didn't understand how to sell, in my opinion, at least where I was at. And mm -hmm. it was so easy just to sell. And there's that thing to, well, do you believe of what you, because I remember I hit one that was like a home run deal. And the way that I justified it is, is that it's a win-win. It's a win-win sale. And the reason I say that is because the customer loves the car. Mm -hmm. He loved, he was happy with the price that he was paying for it. Yeah. I was happy with the price I was selling it for. Yes. So that's where, in my mind, I kind of justified it that, okay, this is all right. Now, if this guy felt like he was paying way too much for the car, which he was, yeah. um, you know, he had those reservations, you know, that that's where maybe I'd feel a little bit guilty and where, like, I, I would probably change my tune. But yeah. in most cases, nine out of ten, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just because I've always viewed myself as a master of setting expectations and a master mm -hmm. of framing things. So I would frame things and I would set the expectations to where these people, they feel like they're getting the deal of a lifetime and they're thrilled. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's hard. Sales is such a... Um, conflicting position and i think that's really i mean one of your your talking points here that you sent me and this rolls right into it is mm -hmm. the importance of integrity of transparency and trust in any business yes. so I, i'd like to hear you give some of the details in that because that is something that personally i live by you know i i view a sales rep only has one thing and that's their name, you know? And if you dirty right. your name, you're never going to be able to sell something again. Right. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's something that my mom has always uh, raised me by, you know, don't cut corners, integrity, um, always be honest. Um, and, and through that you gain trust, right. And trust is the foundation yep. to any relationship. If it doesn't matter whether it's personal, romantic or professional, you know, trust, if you don't have it, there's nothing there, right? And so uh, I just, I'm a big, big believer in doing the right thing, even if that means that you're not going to get, I think that a lot of people, like you talk about framing, right? I right, think a lot right, of people right. frame, frame life in a short-term perspective or a short-term view. And mm -hmm. what's really important to me is the long-term, the longevity of something. And so right, I'm not right, willing right. I'm not willing to sacrifice the long-term just for a quick win because right. uh, and maybe I'm not going to be as quickly as successful because of that um, or get to that success as fast as others. Um, but I'm just not willing to, to sacrifice. Um, I honestly feel like it's, even though it's harder up front, I think it's easier long-term to, to take the, the, the road of integrity as long as you can survive the the journey along the way because it's not easy um it's a lot easier to to fib or to, to get people to give you fake testimonials or whatever the case may be to just convince people or even just lie to them about your results just to get them in the door and then maybe you can find a way to to bridge that gap between you know just fronting to actually delivering 
but it's it's really tough for me um, to do anything but just be very transparent. And that mm-hmm. also makes my job when it comes to sales and growth, for some reason, that much more difficult. I, I think that in general, my 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 vertical or my industry I'm in currently uh, in mm-hmm. digital marketing has a bad rap right now. It's it's tainted. Um, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I don't think that integrity is the core, um, you know, the catalyst to it. I think it's more so, it's just a very difficult industry and it's very easy to access. It's, very it's easy tainted, to I think, because of the privacy concerns and stuff like that. And, That's one thing. You know, I just had the same conversation with my previous interview today and I don't care. I'd rather give up a good degree of my privacy to get targeted ads. Targeted ads to me are good things. I remember the days before we had targeted ads Mm -hmm. and I would see the craziest things ever (laughs) that, I mean, they could be flat out offensive to me. Things Mm -hmm. I did not want to see at all, but... I mean, what choice do they have? I mean, they have to advertise on the internet and it's blanket advertising. And it seems like we're almost taking a step backwards to go back into that day. And I understand some people want privacy. Sure. But, you know, I, I tell you what, I'd rather that they know more about me that David, he's a musician. He plays a lot of guitars. Okay. Mm -hmm. David does a podcast. Okay. David also likes uh, tech. He works in the tech industry. He's a tech executive. Uh, Mm -hmm. He writes for Forbes.com because then them having all those details, guess what? That's how I ended up buying my snazzy microphone because I started looking for microphones and then bing, bing, boom. You know, they gave me the perfect microphone and the perfect setup that I needed to do right. this podcast, you know, or the lighting stuff I have or the studio monitors I have. Everything, yeah. you know, half the stuff I have in this house is because of targeted advertising. Mm-hmm. And I think the people that are trying now, I think there's people that abuse it. And that's where it comes down to the code of ethics. You. Right. Right need to do it in an appropriate manner. There does need to be a code of ethics. There needs to be a, you know, a way that you can do it properly. Okay. Without really violating the, you know, I guess the sense of privacy that the, the, the person has. And I think that's the best way I can say it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that the perspective of data and, and privacy, it, it's challenging, right? Because not everyone has all the facts and you just naturally are going to lean towards big brother and like, you don't know what they know about you. So they, you just assume they know everything. Right. And, right. and there, there, there's a lot of uneducated people out there. Right. I mean, this doesn't just go into the privacy discussion. I mean, this falls into everything, whether it's general technology. I mean, you can even just say with politics in general, I mean, you have two camps of people. They believe this, they believe that. But the thing is, is that everything is so much more 
nuance. I just had this huge debate, for example, with the unemployment situation our country is currently facing. And, you know, you have two camps. You have people that are saying that, oh, these people on unemployment are just too lazy to get jobs. And then, you know, you have the the other camp of people that are just like, oh, you know, um, these jobs uh, aren't paying high enough because they're uh, competing with unemployment wages and they're right, totally right. forgetting about the nuance of the, the, the whole situation. And that's something that, you know, what we're talking about, I think it goes to such a larger, bigger issue to our yeah. culture in yeah. general than just with the privacy ads like you're talking about. Sorry, right. I didn't mean to go on a tangent there, but I think it's a very yeah, valid point because you can apply that to our exact discussion. Right. Yeah, I would say that I'm I don't know if this is one side or another, but if yeah. I could have ads the way that I think are it balances integrity with, you know, delivering results and quality mm-hmm. outcome to both parties, I think right. that um it would be very important, let's say in a perfect world, for I, there are certain uh, mental mindset dispositions or the way that people just naturally are. Um, mm-hmm. I, I once dated a girl where when she gets upset, you know, goes through some sort of uh, issues in life, she will go on a shopping spree and, um, <laughs> you know, love shoes. And so, unfortunately, I do the same thing. I have about right. 40 pairs of shoes right now. Nice, nice. <laughs> so um, I think it would be important to identify those t- types of people or have, give them the ability to say, you know, is this true about you? Do you, um, and they probably wouldn't admit it. So I don't know the right system for identifying these variables, but I disagree in a system that takes advantage of people's subconscious or their natural disposition, which then mm-hmm. can put them in debt and then can lead to a low quality of life for you know society as a whole i think yeah. though so from that there's a lot of manipulative items out there like you're you're saying right and so algorithms can can identify those things and leverage ads to to get that that higher conversion rate or the higher cost um, the lower cost per lead which then people so i i don't know i think that's important to address as far as people, I think it's really important for people to understand that, yes, technically, you know, big companies like Google, Facebook, whatever, they they have all your personal data. They can match up all your information and know exactly who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the, first of all, us as advertisers don't have access to that data. If we try mm-hmm. and track it ourselves and we use any big system like analytics, we can actually get banned for trying to or accidentally doing it. So it's all de-identified data. Um, So I think drawing the line there, but I also really want to point out the fact that for small businesses that use Facebook, uh, which is, or Mm -hmm. retargeting uh, or programmatic, which are all using these intent-based signals uh, Mm -hmm. or or lookalike audiences. Um, And I'm I'm sorry if that's high level information, but, it's important that they get access to these things because if they are not able to, their cost is going to be so high without being able to target exactly their audience that they're going right. to 
not be able to afford the ads that could benefit their business. And mm-hmm. so it, it's really important that a business that does real estate can target people that are talking about homes on their, on their timeline or, um, you know, just had so, a kid, you know. One, one question I have then is while we're talking privacy and stuff like that, you have the new California, I, I forget if it's called the California Consumer Protection Act, CCPA, something like that. It's a privacy act that is meant to be California's version of what they're doing over in Europe, like the GDPR or whatever that is. I always mess the yeah. acronym up. No, okay. you got it. How do you feel about that there's 49 different states other states besides california here and essentially because of this california law it's going to be too hectic i think for a lot of companies to just um, you know do a carve out for each state because each state could have their own privacy laws and stuff like that it, it seems like that's a that's a headache. I'm not big into the federal government or having a big federal government, but I think things like that where you're talking interstate commerce and all those different laws, having something that is set up by the federal government and not having a state by state business, um, you know, a state by state law for something like privacy. I, I I don't know. I think it's crazy. I think it's going to lead to confusion. And I, I don't know what kind of impact that's going to have on small businesses. What are your early thoughts on this type of law? So I believe California. it goes in effect later this year. It hasn't gone in effect yet. Is it one that's slated for like June or July or something, or is it next year? Right. I'm actually, um, I'm looking up. So when does the company, are you talking about CCPA? I believe it's CCPA, yes. Yeah, California Consumer Privacy Act. Um, mm-hmm. So it's actually in effect as of it, it, January 1st, but it will begin on July 1st. So July 1st, yeah. That's typically mm-hmm. what they'll do is they'll pass their law. Like, hey, it starts on January. Uh, I just moved out of California. So very used to how do they do that. But that has a ripple effect throughout the rest of the country. Okay. Right. Yeah, well, California's how- always been the leader of... of uh, anything. How, how do you think that is going to affect your industry and your business? Because it is going to be a little bit more of a pain to do business in places like California and have a carve out just for California. Right. You're, you know, most companies are probably going to be lazy and they're just going to do the blanket approach then across the United States, which means right. that, you know, Google, who is a California company, is going to be applying those rules to places like where I live in Pennsylvania that doesn't have that law. Right. I mean, right. does so, that put us at a disadvantage or an advantage? I'd love to hear your feedback on that. I know this is a yeah. curveball, but uh, yeah, it, it just came mind. I, I'd love yeah. to hear it. I'm happy to take a stab at it. I'm I'm reading that 
uh, all companies that serve California residents that have at least 25 million in annual revenue. So that cuts out a lot of small businesses, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, if they have a, a list of 50,000 contacts. Uh, 50,000 isn't that much these days. Right. And that 50,000 records has to contribute to at least half the revenue. So it's either one or the other. So both of those happen to, unless you're an e-commerce store, um, mm-hmm. that you're selling at least 50,000 uh, or t- I guess 25,000 mm-hmm. people. Uh, it doesn't say whether it's annually or not. I would assume it is because it's saying annual yeah. revenue. So uh, you don't think that yeah. as far as small mom and pops, you think that they should probably be okay? Uh, from what I'm reading. For the time yeah. being. Yes. But okay, that, it, that's it, something it, I wanted. It could drop down. Um, yeah, reg- yeah, yeah. Regardless, though, I mean, yeah, California's, uh, they're their own country in their own way, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they <laughs> are. Very, very special breed out there. So let's, yeah. uh, you know, we are running out of time. I want to jump back on to the topic that we were talking about with integrity, transparency, trust. Yeah. How do you hire lead a team that nurtures all of those same values well we put it into our core values as a company and we um we go through the core values with any new hires um and integrity is you know it's the last one but it's the anchor value so Mm -hmm. it summarizes everything above it um and so thinking customer Thinking about the customer is, mm-hmm. is another core value. Everything we do is customer driven at the end of the day, um, which in other words, that will naturally ingrain integrity into your business. If you're always thinking right. what's best for the customer. Uh, transparency, uh, we, we provide very um, in-depth reports so that a, a client can understand exactly where every penny is being spent on a daily uh, basis. And it's just a live dashboard they get access to. And that helps them uh, become confident. But w- we are able to tell a client or show a client every ad, every landing page, every call that's being recorded, uh, every aspect of their business because some of our clients, they're not really in touch with the sales funnel. And so uh, to give them that insight is very helpful so that they can make smarter decisions or we can inform them on things that are, are or aren't happening in their business. And if things aren't doing as well, we have the ability to explain exactly why, which is important. That also builds trust. Uh, I'm right. completely against smoke and mirrors. I, I do not enjoy... Um, the when I like the account manager to be very involved in the accounts um, results, understanding where the results are coming from and how, because I never right. want a business to feel like they're being BS. You know, um, right. it's not a good feeling, and and that doesn't build the integrity or the trust. There um, is there anything else I can go into more depth on about that? No, no, I think uh, I think that's good. I think it's good. This has been a pretty fun interview. I think we've uh, talked about a lot of cool stuff and covered a bunch of topics. You know, thank you so much for coming on here, George. Let me ask you this. How can people digitally stalk you? 
Yes, thank you. I, I, if you don't mind, I want to finish. I didn't even finish my journey. I know we had, we oh. had so much little time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, awesome. Real quick. Uh, so after the radio, uh, I ended up meeting um, a mentor, now one of my closest friends. He's just changed my life. And um, so he um, does community work so it's like psychological mm -hmm. counseling housing you know he's literally trying to take everyone in poverty from where he grew up um he literally was homeless when he was a child and now he's a multimillionaire and just doing incredible things and so anyways i have him to to be thankful for to have as a mentor and a friend uh i helped him open up a, that's a an amazing story it really is you should have him on i should probably try and connect those dots um, but anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up having to learn how to build websites because the talk, speaking of integrity, the, the people we hired didn't end up, um, building us the site that we paid six grand for at the time. And so I had, I was stuck with the bill and having to figure out a solution. So from there, I, um, started building websites for people and eventually becoming full-time and uh, so built 50 sites over three years. And then from there, I learned how to do paid advertising. And for the past four years, I've built a team now and uh, we specialize in home services and, and the legal field. And mm -hmm. our, and so I apologize for the, the length of this, but- um, Oh, no problem. Like it's good stuff. It's good yeah. stuff. Thank you. You know, like the story that you're telling about your friend, what comes to mind is we had a fellow on this show, um, I don't know, maybe about 30, 40 episodes ago now. His name's Nelson Tressler. He sent me his book called The Unlucky Sperm Club. Oh, interesting. And he was the product of a rape. And then his grandfather went to jail for murder because the, the rapist was actually a police officer. And wow. the grandfather murdered the police officer for raping him. The mother obviously did not abort the child. She kept the child. And, you know, it, it, it's somebody that, I mean, not many people would be able to overcome that through their life. They would right. cry. They would pout. Right. And I'd say rightfully so. I mean, that is really hard to overcome. Right. This dude is now a millionaire and a an amazing person so just like you were saying mm -hmm. about your friend how they were homeless and now they're a millionaire i mean i i want people out there to kind of hear this like you yeah. can literally overcome anything i mean i know if you watch the news uh you're going to hear oh no you can't you're oppressed you you know you can't do this you can't do that it is total bs yeah. you may need some help hand holding you may need a little bit of luck you may need somebody to open a door but if you work hard enough eventually somebody is going to open the door so that you can get to the next level Yep. It just doesn't happen overnight. I mean, yep. this podcast, for example, it I've been doing this for almost a year, 10, 11 months now. And that just finally, it's starting to get into its drive. We're gaining about a thousand subscribers a month now on YouTube. And sure. a lot of doors are starting to opening for us. But, you know, I, I think people's biggest weakness is that they give up too soon 
Yeah. They think they gave it their all. They mm. went at it with everything they could. And they may have tried really hard, but they gave up too soon. If they only went at it a little bit longer and a yep. little bit longer, maybe it's a year, maybe it's another two years. But if they right. would have done that, it could have been completely life changing, right. especially if you had Dogecoin and you sold it at seven cents, you should have <laughs> kept it. I sold it at seven cents and uh, it was I bought it a hundred. A hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar mistake. Oh, so sorry to hear that, David. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, yeah. I sold it at fifty-five, then went up to seventy, and then it came down, and I bought again, and now it's even further down. I'm just. I am. I'm surprised that I'm looking it up as we speak. That Elon Musk was on Saturday Night Live, and because of that, for whatever reason. It crashed. It is currently, as we record this interview, it is at 49.7, okay. well, 49.6 cents. So, um, not terrible. The, no, but uh, this has been the hardest coin ever to kind of uh, predict. Do you think it's going right. to go up? It goes down. You think it's going to go down? It goes up. You think it's right. going to do nothing and it it's doing does something. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so right. it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. But hey, thank you. Sorry for uh, forgetting to let you finish your story, but I'm so glad you did. That was so good. How right. can people reach out to you? Right. Uh, they can find me on, on LinkedIn, uh, George Grandis, G-R-A-N-D-I-S Copeland. Uh, if you mm -hmm. want to talk about marketing or anything we spoke about on the show, happy to speak about it. Uh, always looking to generate new friends, network with people, um, business owners that are interested in dipping into the digital uh, space. Uh, we've got seven years of, or four years in the paid side to, to stand behind. And it, Laborum Edge, uh, actually, you know what? Market.digital is all you have to type into your browser and you'll, you'll land on our, our website. Um, so you could do one of those two. Find me on LinkedIn, maybe Facebook if you if you really want it. That's your platform. Uh, but if you want to do the the URL, just type in market dot like a period and then digital, and you'll land on our site. Ah, perfect, perfect. Hey George, thank you so much. This has been fun. It's been far reaching. It's been great. Definitely looking forward to getting you back next year, and maybe we won't have that long of a wait next time. That'd be great. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank sure. you. Cheers. Yeah. Wow, that was such a fun conversation with George. Really loved the conversation. It's one of those far-reaching, just down-and-dirty conversations that I really love, and I hope you do too. First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. And if you really want to help us out, you know, we can only grow by people like you sharing this podcast out or this vodcast if you're on YouTube. Share it out to your network. Get it out on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, anywhere you can. Help Shark Bite Biz grow, and we'd love to see George Copeland 
and Shark Bite Biz, both trending all over social media. Now let's get back to our rock star guest, George. Amazing chat, as I was saying. Love the career path and how he ended up getting where he's at, all the twists and turns, and finally getting to where he's at now. He's a great person, and I just love chatting with him. And I gotta say, there's one point where George was telling his story about how when he does something, he goes all in. And, you know, that's a real entrepreneur spirit right there. How many of you out there feel the same way or do the same exact thing? You know, if you're going to commit to something, if you're going to do something, you're going to go all in 110%. It's just one of those qualities that we kind of hear over and over again on this show from some of the most successful entrepreneurs out there. You know, it's just going all in. Now, remember, though, I want to point this out. Going all in, that doesn't mean you can't multitask. I think some people get this a little confused. And these are two very different items. So don't get them confused. Keep them separated. You can go all in on something. Like, for example, me with this podcast, Shark Bite Biz. I've jumped all in with it. I'm here for the full ride as far as doing this business, this podcast, and making it something. Now, just because I'm all in on this doesn't mean I only have to do one thing. I mean, I'm able to be multi-threaded, as you should be too. I'm able to take on multiple different tasks or projects at once. You know, a little here, a little there, a little here, and bing, bang, boom. So just keep that in mind as you go out there, develop your business and developing your careers. Another great discussion that George and me had was about the digital privacy. Okay. I love this topic as of right now. I think it's an important topic to be out there discussing, especially because I mean, tech companies are really, and we just heard this in our previous episode too with Aaron Welch. Okay. They are making us go more upstream. Okay. We're not able to get people in at the door that are ready to buy. It's not as easy as it was, and it's getting more expensive. Tech companies are starting to block us now under the guise of privacy, and they're making it a lot harder for businesses to sell directly to their end customers. Now, they aren't all being blocked, and it's not being blocked completely, but like I was saying, it is getting much, much harder. I'm a big advocate of, you know, the, I guess you could say the send me ads mentality because I want to see ads that are relevant. If I'm forced to see ads, I don't want to see ads of, I don't know, pink dinosaur pajamas. I'd rather see something that would be more appealing to me. You know what I mean? And, and fill that space, that little block for that ad or the video that plays right before the YouTube videos with something that I might actually buy because I want to know about all these new companies that are out there. I want to help those small businesses that are targeting me because I fit the profile of an ideal customer to them. Okay, I want to help them grow. I want to help their owners reach their dreams with my dollars. I mean, it's kind of ironic if you think about it. Apple, Google, yeah, they've made their billions already. Billions upon billions of dollars those companies have made. In fact, Google's made it with search, okay? 
Now they're kind of shutting it off and leaving everybody else in the dark now that they've made their money. It's kind of jacked up and it's going to make it that much more harder, that much more expensive for small businesses to compete with large enterprise businesses because they just don't have the resources to throw at the marketing the resources to throw at all this stuff to be able to bring in the new business. And from the small to mid-sized business point of view, this really, really stinks. And I think Google, Apple, all those, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk bad on Facebook right now. And the reason is, is that I think Facebook is allowing it to continue. And that's why Facebook is arguing so much, I think, with Apple. You can look and see Zuckerberg Zuckerberg, and Tim Cook are constantly taking jabs at each other, throwing shots. And it's because Apple, I think, is shutting it down. Uh, and they can. They have their closed ecosystem. They're able to make their money in other ways. But by doing that, Apple... You're screwing mom and pop shops. I mean, think about it. I get ads. I spend about $700 to $1,000 a month on ads for Shark Bite Biz, okay? They're making it harder for businesses like me to find new audiences, okay? To find people that can help support the show with some merchandise sales, stuff like that. And that's not really cool. So whatever, that's my rant. Question of the day, what do you think the balance should be between privacy rights and digital marketing? Leave a comment down below on YouTube or your podcast channel that you're watching on. Remember, if you want to be on the show, okay, we're about to hit episode number 100, huge, huge milestone. Send an email, interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Also, don't forget, you can join the channel on YouTube. $3 a month, you can become a baby shark. Or go to deadhousecoffee.com, use code SHARK, save 20% on the freshest coffee money can buy, okay? Save 20%, use code SHARK, and directly support this channel. Remember, I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Wow, that was such a fun conversation with George. Really loved the conversation. It's one of those far-reaching, just down-and-dirty conversations that I really love, and I hope you do too. First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. And if you really want to help us out, you know, we can only grow by people like you sharing this podcast out or this vodcast if you're on YouTube. Share it out to your network. Get it out on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, anywhere you can. Help Sharkbite Biz grow, and we'd love to see George Copeland and Sharkbite Biz both trending all over social media. Now, let's get back to our rock star guest, George. Amazing chat, as I was saying. Love the career path and how he ended up getting where he's at, all the twists and turns, and finally getting to where he's at now. He's a great person, and I just love chatting with him. And I got to say, there's one point where George was telling his story about how when he does something, he goes all in. 
And, you know, that's a real entrepreneur spirit right there. How many of you out there feel the same way or do the same exact thing? You know, if you're going to commit to something, if you're going to do something, you're going to go all in 110%. It's just one of those qualities that we kind of hear over and over again on this show from some of the most successful entrepreneurs out there. You know, it's just going all in. Now, remember, though, I want to point this out. Going all in, that doesn't mean you can't multitask. I think some people get this a little confused. And these are two very different items. So don't get them confused. Keep them separated. You can go all in on something. Like, for example, me with this podcast, Shark Bite Biz. I've jumped all in with it. I'm here for the full ride as far as doing this business, this podcast, and making it something. Now, just because I'm all in on this doesn't mean I only have to do one thing. I mean, I'm able to be multi-threaded, as you should be too. I'm able to take on multiple different tasks or projects at once. You know, a little here, a little there, a little here, and bing, bang, boom. So just keep that in mind as you go out there, develop your business and developing your careers. Another great discussion that George and me had was about the digital privacy. Okay. I love this topic as of right now. I think it's an important topic to be out there discussing, especially because, I mean, tech companies are really, and we just heard this in our previous episode too with Aaron Welch. Okay. They are making us go more upstream. Okay. We're not able to get people in at the door that are ready to buy. It's not as easy as it was, and it's getting more expensive. Tech companies are starting to block us now under the guise of privacy, and they're making it a lot harder for businesses to sell directly to their end customers. Now, they aren't all being blocked, and it's not being blocked completely, but like I was saying, it is getting much, much harder. I'm a big advocate of, you know, the, I guess you could say the send me ads mentality because I want to see ads that are relevant. If I'm forced to see ads, I don't want to see ads of, I don't know, pink dinosaur pajamas. I'd rather see something that would be more appealing to me. You know what I mean? And, and fill that space, that little block for that ad or the video that plays right before the YouTube videos with something that I might actually buy because I want to know about all these new companies that are out there. I want to help those small businesses that are targeting me because I fit the profile of an ideal customer to them. Okay, I want to help them grow. I want to help their owners reach their dreams with my dollars. I mean, it's kind of ironic if you think about it. Apple, Google, yeah, they've made their billions already. Billions upon billions of dollars those companies have made. In fact, Google's made it with search, okay? Now they're kind of shutting it off and leaving everybody else in the dark now that they've made their money. It's kind of jacked up and it's going to make it that much more harder, that much more expensive for small businesses to compete with large enterprise businesses because they just don't have the resources to throw at the marketing. 
the resources to throw at all this stuff to be able to bring in the new business. And from the small to mid-sized business point of view, this really, really stinks. And I think Google, Apple, all those, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk bad on Facebook right now. And the reason is, is that I think Facebook is allowing it to continue. And that's why Facebook is arguing so much, I think, with Apple. You can look and see Zuckerberg Zuckerberg, and Tim Cook are constantly taking jabs at each other, throwing shots. And it's because Apple, I think, is shutting it down. Uh, and they can. They have their closed ecosystem. They're able to make their money in other ways. But by doing that, Apple... You're screwing mom and pop shops. I mean, think about it. I get ads. I spend about $700 to $1,000 a month on ads for Shark Bite Biz, okay? They're making it harder for businesses like me to find new audiences, okay? To find people that can help support the show with some merchandise sales, stuff like that. And that's not really cool. So whatever, that's my rant question of the day what do you think the balance should be between privacy rights and digital marketing leave a comment down below on youtube or your podcast channel that you're watching on remember if you want to be on the show okay we're about to hit episode number 100 huge huge milestone send an email interviews at sharkbitebiz.com also don't forget you can join the channel on youtube three dollars a month you can become a baby shark or go to deadhousecoffee.com, use code SHARK, save 20% on the freshest coffee money can buy. Okay, save 20%, use code SHARK, and directly support this channel. Remember, I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.